Saturday. Welcome on Sports Saturday here on KCOU 88.1 FM to KNC Sports. Sports Saturday, of course, brought to you courtesy of BNB Bagels. Thank you to them. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing. We're going to have some special guests coming up on later in the broadcast, but on tap for you today, we've got NBA Trade Talk. Definitely a bunch of big moves going on in the NBA, a little bit of MLB free agency, building you up to the big matchup tonight between the Missouri Tiger men's basketball team and the Texas A&M Aggies. And then finally, a little talk about the American, sorry, the Alliance of American Football, which will uh, kick off tonight. So uh, Cole and I will be breaking that down. Cole, how you doing on this sports Saturday? Yeah, I'm doing good right now. You know, it's a little... You know, chilly today, but at least it's, you know, not as cold as yesterday. So I guess that's, you know, a good thing to look forward to. But, you know, you broke down the show, so, you know, I'm ready to get started. Yep, so after the break, we'll get things all started. So stay tuned for more KNC Sports. Show updating you on everything Mizzou and professional sports. Chase Phillips, Ben Krakow, and Garrett Jones hit the airwaves at 4 o'clock every Friday with balance and insightful sports talk. We also bring on a variety of guests in studio and over the phone from Columbia and around the SEC to give national insight and perspective. And when we've had enough, you won't want to miss Get It Off Your Chest, our ending segment where we blast what's driving us crazy in sports over the mid-Missouri airwaves. Join us for year two on KCU in Columbia, worldwide on KCU.fm in the Blue Box and in the TuneIn Radio app. On Wednesday, February 13th, KCU presents Lucy Dacus at Rose Music Hall with Rafco and Illuminati Hotties. Doors are at 7.30 and the show is at 8.30 p.m. Advanced tickets are available now at rosemusichall.com. Hi, I'm Chris Mitchell. You know, that one guy from The One Show. Don't you hate it when you're listening to the radio and not once do you hear anyone talk about video games for extended periods of time? Introducing Quarter Circle Backboard, a solo show dedicated to the sports that you like and the video games that I like. Catch me, myself, and I every Friday from 11 to midnight to hear me chop it up about things like Street Fighter tournaments, the NFL Draft, Red Dead Redemption, and hoops. His jumper is short. And now a fight breaks up between Kobe Bryant and Chris Childs. Chris Childs punched him twice. What could possibly go wrong?
Mizzou Baseball and Softball are back this spring on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, and on KCOU Sports. Every home series and select road series will be on KCOU, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Mizzou Baseball and Softball is brought to you all season long by B&B Bagel. And you are listening to KNC Sports on Sports Saturday, also brought to you by B&B Bagel. My name is Kyle Jones, joined by Cole Tusing and our special one of our special guests today. We'll be joined by our second one a little bit later. But uh, my father, Sid Jones, Dad, uh, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little cold. Oh yeah, I mean, so uh, backstory: my parents are both from Texas. Uh, they they don't know what this cold weather up here in Missouri is like, so they're freezing. But uh, we're gonna start today off with some NBA trade talks. So just a little rundown of some of the deals. I think one of the Bigger ones that came out a little bit later in the kind of trade saga. Mark Gasol going to Toronto for uh, Jonas Valanciunas, whose name I will never get right. Uh, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a 2024 second round pick. Cole, uh, Mark Gasol, obviously a Memphis legend. Uh, What do you think of this move? Yeah, that was a definitely interesting trade, and it was honestly one of those I did not expect. You know, I expected Marcus Saul to finish his whole career, you know, as a Memphis Grizzly, but the Toronto Raptors, you know, this team is a very strong team in the East, but in my opinion, the second best team in the Eastern Conference, the first being the Philadelphia Semi-Sitzers. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm, I, you said second best in the Eastern behind the. I put the Bucks up there in first, but that's just my own personal opinion. Um, so, you know, Marcus Gasol, in, in my honest opinion, is a legend of the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, he played there for years and years and years. Uh, so, and he's getting old. So, Dad, do you remember, you know, do you, does anyone come to mind where they were a real legend for a team and they got traded away late in their career and just wound up flopping wherever they went. I mean, the Astros did the exact opposite forever. They used to trade away people, and then you know, then they'd flourish after they left. Um, but didn't uh, where, where did didn't Hakeem wind up getting traded somewhere near the end of his career? No, I don't think. Okay, yeah, I thought he might have. Barkley, Charles Barkley. Well, he came to us late. Yeah, he came late. Yeah. All right, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, Bucks acquire uh, Nikola Mirotic from the Pelicans in a three-player deal. Um, when when the when this trade got you know brought up, um, a lot of folks thought, "Ooh, Bucks and Pelicans. This is going to be the Anthony Davis trade," and it was not. But the Pistons somehow, in the middle of all this, wind up with Thon Maker. Um, do you think that's a solid deal? Um, personally, with the Pistons, you don't get a thumb maker. I don't think that's the position they need right now because they already have Blake Griffin. They already have Andre Drummond. So, I mean, a great backup off the bench is good, but in my opinion, the Pistons needed guards and forwards, not really another big man, in my opinion, for the Pistons. They've got a lot of big men, but they don't have a lot of hard hitters. Um, and one of the one of the things that uh, the Pistons were kind of famous for uh you know, a, 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 not not too long ago, was just being, you know, just running roughshod on every other team in the NBA. Dad, do you remember the the Bad Boys Pistons? Oh, the Rodman and those guys. Yeah, I, mean, I just remember about them. I don't, I didn't follow them then, but sure. Yeah, yeah, they were big for a while. All right, 
Uh, let's see. What's another big one? Uh, 76ers shipping Markel Fultz down to the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Sixers get Jonathan Simmons, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. New beginning for Markel Fultz? I mean, with this Fultz thing, and I saw something on ESPN, and I want to get your take on this. ESPN was saying how Markel Fultz is the definitive worst number one like draft bust. I I disagree with that. Which um, I also disagree as well because I thought we said definitively that Anthony Bennett was yeah, the draft bust. And you don't you don't hear anything about Anthony Bennett anymore. You know? And honestly with Fultz, he Fultz you know, has is, a lot of talent and everything, but with his medical issues, you can't really fault yeah, him for that's, it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Fultz is the kind of player who has a lot of potential still. Um, but in the same fashion as, you know, you look at the NFL, Robert Griffin III, right? You know, he's, he's, he's been getting hurt too much to the point where he, you know, he, he's, he's lost some, some of the shine that he once had. But to call him a bust, I think, is um, really just, you know, it's, it's betraying his potential because he, he, he still has a shot of being pretty solid. Do you think he's going to be pretty solid on Orlando with Aaron Gordon? I think he could be. Um, I think that you know, y- you look at you look at Orlando, and this is a team that honestly needed a guy like Markel Fultz. You know, they're not doing too hot, nor have they been doing too hot for the last couple years. So to have this injection of talent that is Markel Fultz, I think it's a very good move. Um, let's see. What's another, what's another kind of good one? Ah, yes. The, uh, the, the, the weird things that happen with the Houston Rockets. So, uh, the Rockets and the Cavs and the Kings had trades. So Rockets get Eman Shumpert, Nick Stauskas, and Wade Baldwin. Cavs get Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and a lottery protected first round. And the Kings get Alex Burke in a second round pick. But that's not where the Wheeling and Dealing ended for either of those teams because just a little bit afterwards, the Rockets then traded Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin along with a second-round pick to the Pacers in exchange for the rights to Marty Lunin. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's definitely a lot of moves. And, you know, I just have one question since you're like the, you know, Rockets fan and, you know, the Bulls did make some moves and we'll talk about that soon. But, you know, is the Rockets management, I know we talked about the Bulls manage a lot, but is the Rockets management in a good spot right now? Because, you know, they acquired Carmelo Anthony, they dropped him, and now they're making all these trades. Do you think they're in a good spot right now? No, um, but that's that's more of, that's more of because of the future of this franchise and not because of the current, you know, what what's going on, right? The Rockets have no future. There's no young stars waiting on the bench or waiting in their G League team or whatever to come up and save the day. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because I watch the Astros and I, I, I look at how they you know they they build they build from the bottom up in terms of you know developing a very solid farm system and you know then you know that all paid off to you know a world series and i don't know if you can really do the same thing in the nba but what i do know is you look at the teams who are thriving right now you look at the guys like the sixers and you know 
to an extent, the uh, the Warriors, who were bad for a while, but they had those, you know, when, when Curry and Clay Thompson were younger and, you know, they, they, they honed their craft, you know, from the bench and from not being very good for a while. Um, and so now they are, you know, the evil empire that we know. I just, I feel that every franchise should try to develop from the ground up, much in the same way that the Astros did. You know, I think it's, a, it's like a sports-wide thing that should happen. And that's just not something that the Rockets have really almost ever done. Would I be right in saying that, Dad? Have they ever really well, developed youth talent? Yeah, but, I mean, you got to look at the systems. I mean, like, uh, when you're talking about baseball, Got their farm teams, and they've got, they've got a lot of control over those kids. And over those when you're basketball, football, and you kind of have to take what you get. Right? They don't develop that as much as they scout it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more potential for uh, for development. You know, with the farm systems that are in place in in baseball. But yeah. I also just I, I I feel that there's just there's so much more that the Rockets could be doing. They haven't had they haven't had a good first round draft pick in like forever. You know, we don't see, you know, guys coming out of college and making waves going to the Rockets. We see them going to like the Sixers, the Bulls or something. I mean maybe that's that's a that's a product of the Rockets actually, you know, being in playoff contention for the last couple of years. They don't suck. You know? But it means that at some point, you know, not not soon, but you know, a, a few years down the line, they are gonna suck. You did bring up a you know good comparison with the Warriors because you know once again back when the you know Warriors had their old retro logo you know Curry was a rookie they had like twenty something wins in his rookie year they decided to keep Curry and mold him rather than you know keep the veteran Monte Ellis and they you know got guys like David Lee Andrew Bogut drafted Clay Thompson Draymond Green in the same draft the same thing with the Bulls how you know Zach Levine he's a young player but he's probably the best player on. The Bulls right now, they have Markin, Wendell Carter. They're trying to tank for Zion. So, you know, you do bring up a good point how teams need to develop their young core because, you know, once again with the Rockets, Harden's been in the league for, you know, quite some time now, especially even more with Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul's been around for, for quite a while. And, you know, both of those guys are good, but, you know, at some point that's going to break. You know, at some point you're going to hit it. And you're just not you're not going to have the same you know the same shot anymore. I mean, you look at you look at Michael Jordan. Like you know, Michael Jordan was a great basketball player. You know, greatest of all time. Um, but you know, there was a point where he lost that. And and you know, I, I look at you know when he when he went to the Washington Wizards, <laughs> and that's like very very evident when it was like, hey, Michael, you you should have retired. Like you know when when you when you were on your top, and now you know. The, the last the last impact that he had on the league was playing like trash for the Washington Wizards and obviously no one considers that when they look at his you know legacy but it's something that I always look at like you know you should you should retire when you're on top but you know it's gonna break for the Rockets at some point it just has to because age is a thing that happens to people <laughs> so with the injuries with Chris Paul before we transition, how many more years do you think Chris Paul has left? Not only just in like a Rockets uniform, but just in his like NBA career. Just in the NBA, I give him five, maybe a bit more. I think he still has time. You know, I'd say five is a fair estimate. 
But to be fair, like you know, if he if he re-injures later on down the line, that could obviously you know that could obviously decrease. I think you know the more you get hurt, the the more toll it starts to take on your body, and then, of course you know the more the act regular games when you're not injured will take on your body, and so that will obviously you know reduce the amount of time you can stay in the league. One more trade to talk about before the break, uh, and this pertains to your boys up north in Chicago, Cole. Wizards shipping Otto Porter Jr. up to the Bulls in exchange for Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, and a second-round pick in 2023. I mean, to be fair, to be honest, like, when I look at, you know, this Bobby Portis situation, obviously he did, you know, injure Meritage at practice, so, like, that's something that's, I think, going to haunt him for his entire NBA career, but... Like Otto Porter, I mean, I He's, have said for you know years the Bulls needed like a forward and everything, but this is not the forward you want. No, <laughs> these are not the joys you're looking for. The Bulls for. need like Zion or something as the forward for the yeah. young guy to develop. It, I just don't think Otto Porter fits in the Bulls system. I think you'll be surprised. Um, I'm not gonna say this is an absolute bust of a of a trade. I think Otto Porter has potential. He's shown that with the Wizards. The Wizards are one of those teams that gets overlooked, but guys like Otto Porter and Bradley Beal are good, you know? And what the what the Bulls need more than anything, I mean, obviously, you know, they are going for the tank and whatever, but they still need good players. And Otto Porter should, you know, knock on wood, bring that. But we are going to take... A quick break. When we come back, Major League Baseball's two biggest stars are still without a team and pitchers and catchers report next week. So we're going to be talking about that. So stay tuned. This is your boy Rubik's. I got a message for all y'all out there. You find yourself with nothing to do from noon to two on Monday. Tune into my show, The Lounge at Lunch with Danny Bing. We got the freshest music and the hottest takes only on KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM. Last time I seen was at the store in the spice eye looking salty. I stepped out with some cold brew. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on Sports Saturday. Brought to you courtesy of B&B Bagel, obviously a big thanks to them for all their work they do for us. But Cole, baseball season is not too far away. Pitchers and catchers in less than a week will be reporting to spring training. Everything is kicking off. And Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are still without a team. Um, what What is going on? I mean... You know, to be fair, obviously you're, you know, the baseball fan more than I am. So, you know, I'm just going to give my take, you know, outright. But if you remember on our last show, I was talking about how potential teams for both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And I said 
Manny Machado might go to the White Sox and Bryce Harper. You're thinking Phillies. I, I thought Phillies last week. Um, and I still think Phillies um, to an extent just because there's been so much swirling around the Phillies. I know they just require they just acquired uh, Real Mudo off the uh, off the Marlins. So that's a big pickup for them in terms of young talent. Um, and really whatever the, whatever talent the Phillies can pick up, they need to do it because they're not very good, you know. They need some star power injected. They really need something to to help them out. They haven't had a, a big star player since like, I don't know, Jim Tomey. But yeah. I remember, you know, you know, talking about this whole situation, like they don't have teams yet. I remember I saw someone on ESPN talking about, especially with Bryce Harper, I'm not sure about Mayim Chaba, specifically Bryce Harper, I remember. They were talking about how they don't want a similar <laughs> situation where, like you remember with Giancarlo Stanton with the Yankees? Yeah, how- Stanton was teamless for a while, and then the Yankees just splashed an ungodly amount of money on him. And he, yeah, he, he, he did well. He did well last season, but I nothing like you know he was putting up crazy numbers for the Marlins, you know. Um. So here's one rumor I've seen, uh, and this is just on MLB.com. The Yankees are rumored to have offered Machado two hundred twenty million dollars to sign. What do you think about Machado as a Yank? I think it, you know, feeds into that whole, you know, Yankee, you know, Red Sox, because obviously the Red Sox, you know, are, you know, defending World Series champs and everything. And when you talk about how the Yankees and Red Sox are trying to most of the town, because once again, you know, Gene Carlos Stanton, you know, Aaron Judge is in there for the Yankees. So if they get Manny Machado as well, that, that, that could be giving, you know, the Red Sox, you know, a run for their money. The, the problem, you know, the Yankees, in my opinion, their infield's relatively strong, isn't it? Like, that's that's kind of... In, in terms of really hitting as well, you've got a lot of guys... I think, you know, in the end, Machado would be a good addition. I think he's probably better than whatever shortstop they have. You know, in, in any position, really. You know, he's, he's, he's got a great bat. I don't know if they want to splash... Like, why would you splash that much cash, you know? Is he worth, you know, that kind of money before? Because obviously... You know, not just in the MLB, but especially in like the NFL and the NBA, you know, ones I know about. But do you think he's worth that kind of money? Because obviously, I'm not disregarding his baseball talent, but is he worth that two hundred twenty kind of- million dollars? I, I don't, I don't know. That's so just. That's a lot of. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, you gotta do what you ever do to you know, win the World Series and, you know, be a contender. But you look at Manny Machado, he's been to back-to-back World Series, and he lost both. You know? So, I don't know. That's 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 a, that's a, a, a me opinion. I don't know if this is actually a, a good deal. I think White Sox would be better suited to go after him. You know? I Obviously, I don't think the White Sox can match the Yankees cash. I mean, this is the this is the evil empire that we're talking about, you know. But I think if you splash a little bit more money, if you really put your name out there, I think the White Sox would be very, very smart to go after Manny Machado. Now, Bryce Harper, on the other hand, we've got a little bit more meat to this one. 
Um, he was videoed uh, last week with a shaved beard taking swings for promo packages for MLB The Show. Now, I'm sure you know this, Cole, but not a lot of people do. Um, the Yankees have that really dumb policy that all of their players have to be clean-shaven. I don't know your opinions on that. My opinion is that that's a stupid policy. But are we reading a little bit too far into this by saying, oh my gosh, Bryce Harper is shaved. That means that he must be going to the Yanks. I mean, you know, people always, you know, talk about those kind of theories, you know, in all sports. But with Bryce Harper, I saw this rumor on MLB.com. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was fairly recent, but... The possibility of Bryce Harper going to the Angels with Mike Trout. I'd love that. I don't think it'll happen. I think there. I think is it's much more likely that he goes either to the Phillies, the Yankees, or honestly, the Cardinals need to go after him because the Cardinals. That's like their one spot in their roster that they don't have as good a player. They, you know, all they really need. They're, they're pretty solid at every other position. Right field is the only place the Cardinals are lacking, and oh my goodness, a generational right fielding talent. Whatever shall we do? Okay, but here's a question, though. You bring up how, you know, Yankees, you know, Manchado offering that big deal. Would you want to go after Manchado with that big deal, or would you want to go after Bryce Harper? I'd rather go after, honestly, I'd rather go after Bryce Harper with that deal. Because their infield's pretty solid, the Yankees, you know? And, you know, you've got you got a guy like Aaron Judge on that team, and Stanton. So imagine having Judge, Stanton, and Harper all smacking the ball for you. That is so much, like, home run potential. I mean, those guys are going to just just destroy baseballs for an entire season, you know? Um, but these are two huge, you know, free agent guys. So, Dad, um, is there any player that you remember who's generated so much buzz around, you know, are they going to go here or are they going to go there? The market's a lot more fluid now, right? Yeah. I mean, so it used to be guys would stay... For forever. Forever. I mean, not forever, ever. I mean, there was certainly trading going on. But now it's just so much more common. And so, uh, I mean, I don't ever remember, you know, so much uh, speculation around around trade moves specifically. Not, not even with guys like, like either Roger Clemens or Nolan Ryan. I mean, Nolan Ryan packed up his bags in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. and But there was more on him, right? You know, the free agency came along and then off it went. And so I guess it was all just preseason stuff, and you just kind of wonder about what's going to go on and just see who makes up the team. Uh, yeah. It's I, like, I don't remember so much. I mean, it, it's, it's, it seems like, um, you know, it used to be that, 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 that you had your team, you know, and you knew your team, you knew your lineup, and then you could go for a season and you know your lineup. And now, you know, halfway through the season, you don't know your lineup anymore. Yeah, have, have you? Like, I know, like the the Astros are pretty big on those, like you know, late trade deadline moves. So. Yeah, but they don't haven't done a whole lot of late, and they and they, I mean, they like what they've got right now, which makes sense. So, so, I mean, they've been doing well. So, I mean, for the Astros' sake, I mean, I think they're not going to be doing a whole lot more. Speaking of the Astros, I saw another rumor on MLB dot com, and obviously. You're the Astro fan, so I want to get your take on this. Possibility of trading Altuve. That's that's bogus nah, I don't right think there. That's, gonna that's that that's never gonna happen. That's that's like that'd be like um let's let's go way, 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 way back in the history books. That'd be like if the Yanks traded Babe Ruth. Right? That's your franchise guy. Like you just don't do that. 
that he's he's the he's you know not not even just from a marketing standpoint where that would be a bad idea, but just talent you know wise. This guy is the veteran. This guy is going to be the one who carries and leads the younger guys for probably really the rest of his career. They will extend him to the moon if they have to. Um, but another pair of former Astros who are currently free agents, Dallas Keuchel and Marwin Gonzalez. I think, and this is just me, if I have to choose between, between which one of those guys the Astros re-sign, I would actually have them re-sign Marwin Gonzalez. That's different because on our show on Tuesday, we were talking about how you would much rather have Keuchel. I know, I know. I've I've kind of come around to the idea of having Marwin Gonzalez instead. And Keuchel struggled a little bit of late. Yeah, the past, past, past about two years, he mm-hmm. has not been the Cy Young winner that he was, you know? He's still solid. He's solid, yes. And that's, you know, but Astros just signed Wade Miley, and that's a solid pitcher, you know, and I don't know if he'll be, you know, rotation guy, but, you know, he's, he's obviously on the roster. He's, he's got credit. Um, but you need that guy like Marwin Gonzalez who can quite literally play anywhere when you need him, and he's solid at the plate, he's solid in the field, you know, you, you need that kind of fella. He's been real good at clutch situations. Exactly. I'd rather have I'd rather have Marlon Gonzalez, who for past about maybe three years has been very clutch, over Dallas Keuchel, who has, you know, even even in the World Series struggled. You know, there was there was a couple of there was a couple starts there where I was I was very scared when Keuchel was on the mound. Um, one more guy to kind of take a look at, Mike Moustakis. Mike Moustakis, who uh, a lot of our listeners will, uh, will love, and, love and cherish for his time with the, uh, the Royals, um, is a free agent once more. Hosmer is down in, in uh, San Diego, and San Diego needs all the help they can get. Uh, would you like to see a Mustakis Hosmer reunion down in San Diego? That would be interesting. And I think, you know, talking about how, you know, he's down in, you know, train camp in San Diego reminds me of, you know, what we were talking about earlier, how, you know, Bryce Harper is, you know, having a shea beer and, you know, hitting, you know, balls down, you know, in New York. So, I mean, you can't read too much into it, but, you know, you do bring up a good point how the Padres are nowhere near playoff contention. They're, even like not even like the prime team in like the San Diego, California area. I think that goes to you know teams like the Giants. Yeah, I mean, Giant. Well, not Gi- I said Dodgers have much have oh, a much yeah, more. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Los Dodgers definitely have a, a bigger uh, appeal down in San Diego than in Los Padres, which that that goes down to the Padres being very bad at baseball, um, and also just, you don't want to be a fan. Like in terms of in, in terms of baseball mascots, right? The Padres. I mean, what's what's your opinion on that, Dad? Like, like if you really if you could choose out of any of the franchise names to have your team be, would would you even consider the Padres? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I don't. Even, I guess they've got to. I mean, you, you have to take into consideration the local culture and whatnot, and where they came out. I mean, it's, it's all the old missions and whatnot, but they don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, instill fear or anything like they, that. They don't instill fear. They don't really instill a, a, a spirit of, you know, exploration or whatever. Like the Astros, it's astronauts, you know, that's the space program down in Houston. I mean, that's, you know, 
exploration, that's scientific advancement, whatever. I always thought the uh, the the cardinal was you know a little bit of a kind of you know yeah it's it's a small it's a small red bird. But before we transition to you know the net stopping thing, I'm gonna make a bull prediction on the Padres. Okay. Give it five years. I think they're gonna be a contender. You know, you could you could go with that. At the same time, you could say that about almost any team. Right. With the way and we, we talked about this when we were talking about, you know, youth development in the NBA. If you structure your farm system, right, I mean, the, and then any team can be can you know be a World Series contender in five years. I mean, we we lived, you know, we we got to do the whole Astros rebuilding experience, which that was I want to say, what, eight years? I wouldn't know it. More closer to four or five. I mean, it was, it was a while. It was a while. Um, well, I don't know because we were we were trash in 2010, and I mean, we got it was better in 2015, but the true culmination didn't happen until 2017. Well, that's when they changed ownership and whatnot. When they went to the American League, that was a big deal. That was a big part of it, and then that 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 whole thing gave them all sorts of opportunities. For rebuilding, and because I mean, you can do it under the name of I mean, complete reorg. I mean, so I think they had a special situation. Yeah, and I guess that is true. But you look at you know any team, give them five years and a good farm system, that that could be a contender. Like the the Baltimore Orioles could be something. the The Royals, actually, the Royals might be the exception to that rule. The Royals have not been really uh, priming themselves for. Uh, for a World Series run, same deal with Miami. The reason why I bring up how, you know, give it five years, the Padres will be, you know, something, you know, a contender in the MLB is because of a similar team in the, you know, similar area. The same thing, you know, kind of last year, the A's. Yeah, I agree. Well, and the A's are famous for that sort of thing, you know, with Moneyball and all that. Um, I, I see, I see the Padres definitely have a chance of that. And I think, Signing Mike Moustakis would definitely help the situation. But we are going to take another short break. Uh, when we come back, a little bit more baseball, and then the Alliance of American Football starts play tonight. And then also we're going to build you all up to tonight's big matchup between the Texas A&M Aggies and the Missouri Tigers out on the basketball court. So stay tuned. You're listening to KNC Sports on KCOU. Culture. KCOU Society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You love them enough to do anything for them. Mom, I need to be wiped. Coming. Including checking nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Just a little bit more baseball talk, and then we're going to start talking football here. So, Cole, you talk about the Padres um, as a potential rebuild success story. Give me one more franchise that played like dirt last season but could really come out and surprise next season. You know, I'm feeling really good about that Padres pick, so I'm not really, you know, thinking too highly. But I guess a team that, you know, showed a lot of potential, this team, you know, went to the MLB playoffs and even won their wildcard matchup, but, you know, fell shortly after, the Colorado Rockies. I could definitely see the Rockies uh, doing a lot more next season. I think they... uh they showed a whole lot of potential. Obviously, got they've got that bonus of playing at Coors, um, and uh, you know that could really be something to uh, elevate them. Um, a team that I think could wind up doing uh, a lot better next year than they did last year. They may not make the playoffs, but I think they will definitely have a lot better potential. The San Francisco Giants. I always go with the Giants uh, as, as a breakout team because you never know what's going to happen down in San Francisco. Uh, you know, we're not in an even year, but that hasn't stopped them before. Um, so definitely I think the Giants have some serious, uh, some serious potential here. Um, but with that, we're going to cap off on the baseball talk, bring in our, our next special guest, Cole. Will you, uh, will you do the honors? So, um, you know, we got Kyle's dad, you know, on for a few minutes, but dad, would you like to come on and say a few words on the air? Yeah, I'm Cole's dad. All right. So we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> that cracked me up more than it probably should have, <laughs> but we're going to start talking about, uh, something that's new to all three of us. And it's, it's new to the entire world. Uh, we have no idea how this is going to go. The American, sorry, the Alliance of American football. Uh, which I will always mess up the name and call it the American Alliance of Football. Um, but it's the Alliance of American Football. Kicks off tonight. Uh, this is a league that came out like two years ago. They, they start kind of talking about, you know, this is us and this is what we want to do and all that good stuff. Um, but they've got, uh, they've got some, some serious, uh, some serious, you know, work behind this they got they got a a deal with cbs they've got you know kind of a concept of what they want to be it doesn't look like they're really challenging the nfl as an alternative they're simply just out there wanting people to watch and make money their app they're like uh they're really pushing fantasy football it looks like it's, it's a betters league um so my question is, and we, we, I'll pose it to both of you, what does the idea of a second football league kind of mean for the greater landscape of the sport itself? Do you see this as having the potential to really grow into something bigger? Well, it's, you know, something with, no. you know... Nope. <laughs> you know, something that's, you know, developed, you know, new and everything, you know, there is obviously, you know, that potential and everything. You bring up how it's, you know, starting to night everything, but... Talking about a, another league, you have to bring up when you're talking about other NFL leagues, you have to keep in mind of the CFL, which is going on right now. It's been going on for you know a few yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's like a completely different sport. 
honestly, if you ever watch Canadian football, it's 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 a totally different league, you know? Arena football? Arena football has had its has had its ups and downs. I think it's currently in a serious uh down point. They almost folded like last year. Um and what was it, the USFL that was out ten years ago? They tried having an alt league where they were gonna you know, be a little bit more almost like X Games version of the NFL, try to bring the cameras down into the play of action to make it more exciting. It just isn't there. The talent, the depth of talent isn't necessarily there, and I don't think you can keep the public engaged in it. So I I, I would be surprised if it makes it be on one hand worth the years as a as a friend, as a sport. I always and, and I, I kind of agree with you on that one because I always when I, when I think of al- alternative football leagues my, my first thought always goes to Vince McMahon's XFL. And, and that just died. And that, my, my, my favorite story coming out of that is that they had a, a promotional blimp that was flying over wherever the first game was held. I think it was in New York. And on the day of that first game, that blimp crashed. And if there's nothing more symbolic about yeah. how that league was going to go... That's it. Uh, but this uh, this this Amer- Alliance of American Football has eight teams. They have the Arizona Hotshots, which I imagine are playing in Phoenix um, or maybe Glendale. Um, you have the Atlanta Legends, the Birmingham Iron. That's a that's an interesting spot for a football team. Uh, you know, you don't really see professional sports really hanging around in Alabama. So it'll be interesting to see what draw that has. The Memphis Express, the Orlando Apollos, the Salt Lake Stallions, another area that doesn't really have a professional football market. So it'll be, once again, interesting. The San Antonio Commanders, who I imagine are playing at the Alamo Dome, which is weird. Um, And then the San Diego Fleet. So finally, professional football returns to San Diego after that town was slighted by the Chargers. Um, is there any, like, anything there that even seems to pique your interest? Honestly, if I'm being honest here, not really. You know, once again, I bring up before, like, you know, a new league and everything, you know, especially, you know, bring up the you know, Vince McMahon situation. There is potential for a revive and, you know, another chance, but Personally, I don't see why this move was necessary to begin with because I just, I I have no hope this is going to be successful, honestly. And I'll tell you what, and this is this is what I really am concerned about for this Alliance of American Football is that they came out with their announcement, hey, we're going to be a league, we're going to do this thing, all of like a week after, lo and behold, Vince McMahon came out with uh, with a um, what's his name? Um, Luck. Uh, I, f- I forget his first name. Uh, Andrew. But not, not his not not Andrew Luck. I think it's Andrew Luck's father. Mm. Um, they are relaunching the XFL in 2020. So it was very very poorly timed announcement from the alliance yeah. to come out and say, "Hey, we're doing this." When they're getting overshadowed by the XFL, which like kind of seemed like it got a little bit more attention. I, I saw a lot more about it on ESPN and other outlets, and maybe that's because it was Vince McMahon, and we're all, you know, we all, when you, when you think of him, you think of WWE. 
So, and, you know, this is something that they've tried before and it epically failed. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. It almost seems like uh, a farm league strategy because you think about those markets they're going to, they're not big markets. They don't have uh, the draw for, you know, large audiences around the country with those cities, but they are cities that have maybe a good college market. You think about Salt Lake City and maybe even Memphis and you yeah. know, down in Alabama, you know, where, where football can be pretty big, but you don't really have a really big footprint. So if it's more about, you, know, you talk about sometimes uh, quarterbacks and other players are coming in and they don't have the time for development in the NFL. Is this a, kind of a walk-up strategy to that? You see that in some other sports and, you know, Formula One in the car racing world. You know, people are in F2 or, you know, in other lower series through Europe to get their training, to get ready, to get up to Formula One in the big leagues. Is this another way of, you have another step beyond the NCAA for people to get ready for the NFL? I don't know if that's their intent or not, but it seems like it almost fits a strategy like that better than uh, XFL, which is trying to be a different game. Right. And I, I think, I think it's a really good point, uh, especially when, when you're talking about like, you know, they're going to these alternative markets that do have a football presence. I mean, Birmingham is, like, that's right up there. You know, Alabama is probably, honestly, the biggest football-loving state that doesn't have a professional football team. Um, so I guess if you, if you treat this more of like a farm situation, does this become almost an alternative where, you know, kids going out of high school wind up not committing to college programs, but instead go and play for the Arizona Hotshots and get contracted and make money. See, when I hear about, you know, alternate routes, you know, going from the NCAA, my mind immediately goes like, you know, basketball with like the G League or, you know, LeVar Balls, you know, league, you know. Yeah, the high school Athletes, you know, to forego the NCAA eligibility and, you know, get opportunities to go to the NBA draft. So it is another outlook, but... Personally, on my take, you know, I guess for the basketball, I would much rather have players go to the NCAA than the draft. I agree. I I, th- I feel like, you know, it's going to just be interesting to see if the players that play in these leagues, and, you know, with basketball, you think of the G League or the JBL. I think the JBL is a joke. But, uh, you know, even, you know, guys who fly over to Europe instead of going to college and they play in the Euro League – It'll be interesting to see how they develop and if they develop into NFL talents and move or if they just stagnate and stay in these lower leagues. Another thing that I kind of you know think about when I look at this is a second chance league for guys who you know played a season or two in the NFL and for whatever reason bombed out of the league and they're looking for an alternative. My first thought goes to Johnny Manziel, who is currently plying his trade, albeit not very well, uh, up in Canada. Um, I think he's on the Montreal Alouettes now. I, I've, I've, he, he was on the Sabercats. He got traded. I know that. Um, this is definitely more of a, you know, this is the American style of football. This is not the, you know, you get a wide receiver who can run in motion before the play that uh, that the CFL does. The The goalpost is actually going to be in the back of the end zone, not in the middle. So you're not going to have guys literally risking their lives going for touchdown passes. Is this something that you could see Johnny Manziel coming home and trying, you know, trying his hand at this? 
I look at San Antonio, and you know, he, he grew up, you know, just a little bit outside of you know College Station, Dallas sort of area. So San Antonio immediately to me that screams, "Hey, Johnny, come play here." It's possible, but you know, Johnny Menzel, you know, played for A and M, and you know, some people argue it's either Johnny Menzel or Tim Tebow is like one of the greatest, you know, generational, you know, quarterbacks of the time. Then they he went to the NFL first round, you know, first overall to the Cleveland Browns. Well, not first overall, but he was he was a first rounder. First rounder uh, went to the Cleveland Browns. You know, didn't and- show that much, and then went to the CFL in his debut. He didn't perform that well. I think didn't he throw like three interceptions in his debut? It was bad. It was very bad. Do you think? And this is this is you know completely unrelated to the AAF. But do you think his career is done? I don't want to say his career is done, but I mean, like when you're given the second chance, and you know that's how you show for it with like three or four interceptions and like one touchdown in a negative, you know, value. That that does not scream, you know, you still have that it factor. Yeah. Yeah, I got to wonder about his uh, mindset. You know, he came in there and this, you know, almost embraced this idea of he's Mr. Football. Yeah. And he's living life large. Like, does he have the humility to step back to almost a secondary league or would he rather just take the money he's made and keep living a larger life? Yeah, that's yeah. where I would have a question about if he would if he would be able to embrace a different type of opportunity like that. It definitely is a mindset thing, especially with Johnny as as you know, this this guy who like, got in trouble in college for selling his autograph, which, first off, we can talk about NCAA um, regulations regarding that all we want. Frankly, I think that's a dumb rule, but he did it regardless, and that was not the only thing he got in trouble for in college. I mean, the guy the guy partied like an animal, you know? He was, he was half the time he was just, you know, high on coke and, you know, playing with, you know, all sorts of drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Like, off the field, this this. This guy was not ready for the NFL mindset-wise. I, I agree with the idea of, you know, humbling thyself may not be something that comes naturally to Johnny football. Yeah. Have, speaking of rules, have you guys talked about uh, Mizzou and what's going on there? Yeah. We've, There's been quite a bit of talk about that lately. We, I'm kind of curious about what the feel is in this town. I, I'll let you start, Cole. What's your thought on the sanctions? The sanctions, um, first of all, I do not agree with. You know, I, I'm not just saying that, you know, just as like a Mizzou student and everything, but I just think it was completely unfair. And when you look at, obviously, people draw to the UNC comparison, how not only were more people accused, but just the NCAA just pretty much giving UNC a slap on the wrist, whereas Mizzou being not as much of a, you know, mark as a UNC for basketball. And, you know, not many people were, you know, involved with it. And, you know, Mizzou being completely understandable, you know, completely holding to the NCAA and, you know, being accountable. And they give, like, one of the worst punishments you can get from the NCAA. So I, it's a story for another day since we don't have enough time left, but I do not agree with it. I, uh, my, my thought on it is this. Mizzou knew that they did it. They that something wrong happened. Uh, it was not university sanctions, so so to speak. You know, they the the university in itself had no role in what happened. It was purely down to the students 
and then one tutor doing something that she was not hired for. She claims she felt pressured. I, I call bull on that, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, and then beyond that, Mizzou goes out and does the right thing. They go out, they're full disclosure, you know, suspended the people that need to be suspended, kicked off the people who need to be kicked off, and reported it fully and upfront to the NCAA. And then the NCAA, who preaches, you know, ah, yes, let's be, you know, let's be transparent, let's be cooperative, let's, you know, do what's best for the players, goes off and just punches Mizzou in the mouth. And you can't do that and at the same time say that you're working for the players because literally no member of this current football team or baseball team or softball team was involved in this scandal. Everyone who was involved has either graduated, been fired, or been kicked off. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point. I mean, the, the school definitely jumped in to say, hey, here's what we know, here's all the information. I think not only looking at sports, but you think about politics, you think about even the Supreme Court, yep. president, there are a number of examples where denial of anything, no matter how much is coming up against you, is proving to be the better course of action and one that saves you, but is that the right thing? And and that's, I think, a pretty interesting dilemma that we're facing overall here. Yep. But that should uh, bring us right down to the end of our time. Thank you so much for tuning in to KNC this Sports Saturday and every Tuesday, 8 to 9. Obviously, that is our regular show time. Been a blast spending time in the studio with uh, Colonize Fathers and the rest of the family up here for the weekend. Uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to... Uh, we're going to call it a day. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Have a wonderful next week, and we will talk to you on Tuesday.